Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Alex on from Broadbean. We'll be learning about the business case and the use case for why prospects and customers choose Broadbean. So let's just jump right into it. Alex, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Broadbean? Right. I'm Alex. I'm uh, uh, for 20 years in this recruitment advertising business, uh, both from the job board ecosystem previously and the last three years with Broadbean. Um, Broadbean is a global leader in job distribution. So we are helping more than 3,000 clients across the world to post millions of jobs and collect millions of applicants every month. More than 6 million, uh, 6 million jobs every month get posted through our system to more than 7,000 job boards globally. So we have a really um, bird's eye view on the global uh, labor supply and demand. And, and uh, we're helping uh, clients pretty much uh, integrate the recruitment systems, their ATS, the CRMs, with uh, uh, more than 7,000 global job boards so to post the jobs and uh, receive the applicants from them. I love this. And and so, uh, and you've been there for three years? Yeah. What did you, uh, you do before uh, Broadbeam? So I was managing job boards for the last 10 years uh, across Europe. Uh, so started from Greece, then Sweden, Spain, eventually in UK, uh, where I lived the last six years. And uh, so I have a pretty good understanding of uh, um, what the, the job boards business is all about and how they um, they feed uh, the labor market. And very interestingly, my acquaintance with, uh, and this is a nice story, with Broadbeamed was uh, a difficult one because as a job board, one of the toughest moments is when a client gets, you know, very well informed about the performance of the job ads and know exactly how many applications they got, the quality of their applications. And the way I met uh, Broadbean was when my clients were coming to me with their Broadbean recruitment advertising reports and telling me, you know, this is the exact performance of your job board. This is the comparison with all the other job boards we use. And, and this is where you need to improve. So uh, I felt the power of the solution from the and the other side, and, and that's what drew drew me in when uh, Broadman approached me. So one of the things about that I love about multiple posting and job uh, distribution sites is you can turn the funnel on. You can actually, if you're looking for quality, there's ways to do that. If you're looking for quantity, there's ways to do that. No judgment on either. But mm-hmm. again, 7,000 job boards uh, across the world, Especially with COVID, you can you can get people remotely, especially if it's listed in the in the job ad. What are you what are you seeing right now in terms of from your clients? You know, what are they focused on uh, as it relates to either quality, quantity, or uh, remote work? Yeah, I'd say um, our clients try to do three things. One is to save time uh, mm-hmm. from the recruiters because. To put it very simply, when uh, the crisis came, uh, we know what happened, right? A lot less investment in recruitment teams and capabilities. Uh, and when the time came for them to rehire, um, they were definitely um, not ready. 
And uh, we saw a huge influx of demand and, and jobs. And uh, one of the key reasons that clients are coming to us today is to pretty much automate, automate the posting process, either through um, you know, the, our posting, standard posting solution through rules posting, what we call auto-posting or programmatic advertising. Um, they're trying to get efficiency in how they get the jobs out to as many applicants out. I would say that's the first demand. The second, obviously, to get as many channels possible. As you said, we have remote candidates. Um, we have a multitude of uh, demand for new channels to advertise the jobs. There's also the demand for diversity and inclusion, uh, which means that now they, they also have an appetite to post where a whole host of new channels um, that can drive those candidates. And so uh, they're trying to automate, you know, as much as possible, use as many free sources, make sure they use all their, you know, social media channels as well as the traditional job boards. So to, to cast in a wider net. Um, and the third, uh, I would say, a key demand is improving the, um, the applicant flow because, you know, the reality is there are a lot more jobs and a lot less applicants out there. So interestingly, we work a lot lately in, also the collection of the applicant from the job boards, integrating, you know, ATSs and CRMs with job boards through all the, you know, easy apply methodologies that the sites like LinkedIn and Indeed and, you know, the, all the, the global leaders put out there to make sure that the, the clients can collect the, those applicants a lot more efficiently than before. So I would say those, those are the three key efforts uh, for recruiters today, like save time, and make sure to cast a wider net and optimize the whole process so they don't lose candidates to the void. And um, that's a key demand as well. I love this. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is uh, more or less about programmatic in the way that you see it uh, from a broad being perspective. It's, um, you know, it solves, in some ways it can solve for how much you need to put budget-wise to drive the traffic you want to drive. Mm -hmm. So one, one, one level programmatic can solve for just understanding what the budget for that job and the, the traffic could and should be. And the other is, is where, you know, where across those 7,000 job boards, where are you going to get your best traffic, et cetera? Um, where do you see kind of the inflection point of, of distribution, you know, as we used to think of it as multi-posting, uh, you just select the different, you know, monster, crew builder, et cetera, pick the ones you want and post done. Um, but it seems like a lot of these systems are getting smarter where they're coming back to us and saying, okay, <laughs> you, you want a front end developer, uh, and, uh, here's, you know, the requirements, et cetera. Here's how much budget to drive the traffic you want. And here's where we need to place that. Here's what's working today. Like what do you, what do you, because you get, you're on the front lines, you get to see this stuff in real time. What are you seeing from a programmatic, either from the customer's perspective and what they want, or even some of the technology uh, in the way that you kind of see kind of some of these things fitting together? Yeah, I think um, what's interesting is um, with the COVID crisis, we we saw both the, the huge growth and opportunity for programmatic advertising, but we also saw some of the limits. And I think, mm -hmm. Uh, it's becoming really obvious that we need to work on, on both sides of the equation. Obviously, you know, there's a lot more demand so that even the costs of programmatic have, uh, you know, went up significantly the last um, 18 months. And we also, you know, uncovered the, 
the limits, you know, if you don't have a, uh, a big universe ecosystem of uh, performance-based channels, then you have a problem. And that's what we're seeing with uh, evolution of programmatic. The, the issue is now really um, widening the, the number of, of jobs that can service those uh, jobs, right? We, especially if we look outside the United States, it's very difficult to find enough traffic to only run, you know, a recruitment advertising campaign based on uh, programmatic performance models. So, uh, in order to to be able to, I think, fully develop the programmatic market, we need to see more evolution from the side of publishers, and that's where we spend a lot of time trying to persuade and talk to publishers to accept uh, these types of uh, feeds and jobs. And um, at the same time, where the programmatic providers, I think, need to get a lot better providing budgeting um, data mm-hmm. back to clients. Like there's uh, obviously, as you said, the issue that now that clients realize that those those budgets as well can skyrocket, and they they not necessarily can get like an accurate forecast in advance of how much they need to spend for uh, each role they need to fill. So. I think the technology needs to work on the, you know, on the machine learning, you know, consuming all those mountains of data we are collecting about the performance of job boards and advertisement and be able to start really giving back to the clients solid predictions on how much they need to spend where, and as I said, we also need to work on building the ecosystem uh, because we are seeing the limits. If the biggest job boards out there, and as I said, especially outside US, a lot of them are still kind of refusing to accept programmatic feeds, it's becoming very difficult to find enough um, audience to really meet the, the goals of the recruitment campaigns that big companies have. So right now, what we are advising clients is to always keep a mix, you know, be able to um, review the performance of their campaigns exactly the same way. And that's one of the great things in Broadband. You can review the performance based on a CPA goal of a duration campaign and a programmatic campaign and compare and contrast and decide where you want to uh, put your budget. And I think that's the reality. We cannot um, just suggest to clients an all or nothing solution, 100% of your budget on job boards or 100% of your budget on a programmatic campaign. Uh, It needs to be a mix and based on the results, the actual results, that mix will change over time. Right. So one of the things, dumb question alert, um, but but uh, do we also drive traffic or do we, because uh, we drive obviously traffic to, uh, if we're placing on Indeed or Career Builder or, or again, accounting jobs in Vermont, whatever the, whatever the job board is, do they care about the analytics uh, in terms of career sites? And like what they have back on their website and job postings on their website, or can we just give them the analytics on what's working uh, via the job sites? I think we need to uh, agree that we all work on the same exact recruitment funding, right? Right. The the analytics have to get to the bottom of that, right? That we provide in the end of the day. And that's why at Broadbin, we we put so much attention of collecting the actual applications, not just tracking a pixel or Right. A click. Uh, for two reasons. One is to really know the quality of the application, because that's what at the end of the day the clients care about, not the number of, of clicks that they cannot um right. connect <laughs> right. with their actual recruitment targets, right? So 
uh, I think that's really critical. And I think the the systems and the and I'm talking like this will require obviously cooperation between ATSs, um, uh, you know, programmatic players, exchanges, job distributors, and job boards to really connect that funnel and provide the full visibility, right? And I and I, I was really impressed uh, due to an NDA, I cannot uh, uh, uncover like, but one of the biggest ATSs in the world um, came back a couple of weeks ago and said like, we are really willing to open um, that communication and share oh, that's the, cool. the applicant status with job boards, as long as we also kind of make sure that we have the exact data from you know the job board side of an applicant converting yeah, know, that's fair. to yeah. the ATS. And we yeah. are willing to share back like who has been a good applicant, um, you know, who has converted to an interview or an offer or a hire. And I think that's the uh, pretty much the, the end goal. Yeah. Uh, well, everybody wins there because the recruiter starts to understand source of hire and where things are working. But they also start to, the more that you deep in, dig into the funnel, they get to understand not only just what worked. Okay, we got those those candidates from Indeed, but those candidates from Indeed went further into our process, which is, you know, one of one of its, it's solving for, okay, where did these come, candidates come from, source of hire? Uh, the, then the other is, is, okay, which ones are performing better in our, in our for that particular job at that particular company? And to be able to, to do that, you got to have insight you got to have the ATS play ball. Exactly. And so I, I the, think that's, you know, that's our holy grail or our mm-hmm. golden bean. I don't know how to call it, but uh, yep. that's where we went to 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 come and provide that integration framework pretty much to allow, as I said, like the, the applicant to stay where he wants on the job board, you know, to apply there using the right. quick apply methodologies. We collect this data you know, uh, reformat it, pass it onto the ATS, get the status, you know, pass it on to the job board. So everybody, as you said, wins, understands the true ROI uh, of recruitment spent and uh, understands how to optimize the whole process. Because uh, as you said, like the, the job boards get that information, they are able to optimize the marketing right. as well, right? They, everybody they wins. Boards to, uh, job seekers will change also dramatically. And I think that will make the whole... Uh, system work and we see it with a lack of applicants out there there is demand for more efficiency in this whole process right we cannot just create a you know a a fake economy of applications and clicks that do not really convert so that's where we really need to focus in the coming uh, not say months and quarters to to get that process really done to the team you've mentioned uh, easy apply uh, and, and it's called different things with LinkedIn and, mm-hmm. and Indeed and all the all the different players. But basically, the idea is that as a candidate, I can easily apply to this, if not a, a hundred jobs just like this. So I've had kind of a love hate relationship with Easy Apply. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so talk me off the ledge because it it uh, at least currently where I'm at uh, emotionally with Easy Apply. Is that it? Just it's great for the candidates because there's a laziness factor to it. They can just click one button and it's just all done, which of course is great experientially. Mm-hmm. But in my, I don't know, limited perspective, it creates a ton of noise. And I think uh, where I can convince you to to come to our side is 
Okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. I, I need this. I'm ready to preach now. It's like, <laughs> if you really think about the information that changes on its kind of like job application process, it's really, you know, what today, all these big job boards kind of create these pre-screening processes and questionnaires, right? So that's where like, the, the key information for a candidate remains the same. So we can use that from the kind right. of mind. But the important thing to really optimize and make seamless um, data exchange between a CRM and an ATS is what are all these other questions that recruiter want to ask the candidate? Because if they don't spend the time filling once more their name, their email, you know, their skills and their education, they'll have time to, you know, to respond on, you know, why they're interested, are they willing to work remotely? Um, you know, what's their salary demand? So, you know, all the other stuff, uh, do they have, you know, license to work in this particular um, profession or location? Uh, all these other questions. And I think the focus there is that if we if we make, you know, the initial collection of data very easy, then we can ask the candidate to spend more time to answer all those questions. And there are different frameworks. There's all these conversational, you know, AI tools that ask the same questions. Take this data in together with the um, easy application or um, from LinkedIn, from Indeed, from wherever, and pass it on to the ATS. We're really accelerating the, the process, right? So um, I think that's, for me, it's a great thing. Um, and I think we need well, to... Well, you've, you've combined it with something that, that makes a lot of... Actually, it makes it all, a hell of a lot of sense because basically you're saying, okay, we'll, we'll, the easy apply button, that's not the enemy. The enemy is, is it unfiltered? Uh, being able to put something in there that's, uh, I say knockout questions, but it's really questions that recruiters want to know more, both on the positive and negative side, but they want questions answered. Now that gets to qualification. So now it's not just noise, what I perceived as noise before, you're, it's qualified people. Exactly. Uh, now that makes sense. It's make, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. So I think in, originally the way I had it in my head is that I could just go through and just click this button and just boom. I'm just I'm just going to apply to a thousand jobs in an hour. Just keep, keep keep clicking the button. But what I like about how you've modified that, modified my thinking, is that okay? Yeah, you can do that, but it's the better ones actually have questions after that to where it is an easy apply. However, they still want to get some more qualification data on the person to then make sure that that person should even be passed through. That yeah. that makes sense. That that yeah. actually makes a whole lot of sense. Let me, let me ask you just because time's running out and I want to be able to ask you two questions on the buy side of Broadbean. When people, uh, maybe they've never brought uh, job distribution in the past, um, what questions should they be asking uh, a broad beam? Like what, what, if they've never done this before, it's all brand new, what should they be asking of you? Yeah, I think the, I think the, the, the first really important question is how do we integrate with our existing process, right? Mm. We, we don't want to change behavior. We don't right. want the recruiters to to move out um, of their kind of uh, of their zone, of their system where they need to work. So that's why we spend all this effort over the years to integrate with more than 100 CRMs and ATSs. So to get that optimal integration with a current ATS CRM should be the first question. Do we integrate how, how we can really nail this um, and get the best possible integration with a system that provides kind of like full data visibility? 
Um, and by data visibility, I mean the, the simplest form is source tracking to make sure that they get you know uh, all the, the data correct from where the applicants are coming. Um, but also make sure that they are able to um, work in a workflow where they have visibility on the cost per application, they, they, on the cost of a qualified application, how they, they can get even further, as I said, like uh, signals uh, into their um, reporting of their current activity. The, the second part is how we will help them on board. Uh, we know, you know, technology is not today so much about, you know, the, the technology tools. It's about how do you really help um, the users um, really use the, the tools to their benefit. So um, ask about training we provide, about onboarding uh, process, you know, about commitment for support and implementation. I think that's that's the second uh, uh, big part of the equation. And third is to really share their goals, right? Do they need to save time? Do they need to save money? Both. Do they need better data? If we really understand what they're aiming and we are working you know, towards them, uh, really um, making sure that they, they really get the value they want out of the technology and the tool, that's the, the best possible. And I think that's where the they need to focus on the RFP side. We ha we spent a lot of time uh, the last, uh, I would say, quarters on things like you know RFPs and cybersecurity and all that stuff. I think all these are important, uh, but the key three questions are the ones that I mentioned above. I love it. So your favorite part of the, the demo, uh, whenever you get to show Broadbean to somebody for the first time, what's your favorite part? Yeah, I'll pick two. So one is the, <laughs> as you should. <laughs> uh, one is a very simple one two, which is the the number of clicks that you need to really post a job, which is like a very simple interface. First, you choose the channels. We pull all the data from your ATS. You need to fill probably a couple more points of data if you want to have the you know really uh, good representation on some. Um, uh, important uh, big channels for you and then that's it like the the easiness of that one two you know and the on the third click the, the job is posted um it's one of my favorite uh, jobs and obviously nowadays we have auto posting and programmatic which you don't even need to do the two clicks uh, in, in most cases and the second part is really the um, the source report a very simple fact that you can go and see now i have all my different channels and sources, my social media, my job boards, my free boards, uh, my compliance boards, and I can see who brings what in a very simple uh, table and compare uh, the performance of each channel. I think those two are the, for me, the highlights. If we get these two things, you know, done, then we are happy. Awesome. Alex, this has been absolutely outstanding. Thank you so much for your time, and thanks for, you for uh, talking to us a little about Broadbean. Thank you. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.